Hi everyone, thank you for tuning in to MIT Podcast. MIT stands for Mindset into Transformations. We understand that every single thing that you're doing in your life is based off of your mindset. Your mindset actually determines every single decision that you're making, and those decisions essentially build up to whatever result that you are having. Tuning into this podcast is going to help you from the very initial motivation, initial thought, initial ideas, initial feeling, even spirit. We actually have a very special guest who is an expert in the industry. And this is an industry that we don't typically touch on. If you have been tuning in, you know this is on real estate. But to the end of the day, we're all investors, right? Investors look at the numbers. Investors look at what makes sense, what's the market need, and how we can help other people achieving their goal at the same time achieving ours. So laundromat is one thing that started to get more people talking about. And I personally want to start learning. I want to know why laundromat is potentially a good business to own or uh, it's a comparable business just like real estate that can create generational wealth or cash flow or whatever. Today, we are uh, so happy that we can have our guest, Jordan Berry, to come into our podcast, hear more from him, how he started, why he thinks Laundromat is a good choice. And I hope those information will help you, whomever that is listening right now. Jordan, how are you today? I hope you have a wonderful day. I am doing great. Thank you very much for asking. And it's an honor to be here on the MIT podcast. Appreciate you having me on. Awesome. Awesome. Jordan, as far as I know, you also have a podcast that you're hosting, correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's called the Laundromat Resource Podcast. And I interview laundromat owners and other industry professionals about how they're succeeding in the business and how you know we can take what they're doing and, and implement into our businesses. Yeah. Amazing. A lot of fun. Amazing. Amazing. So we will be including your uh, social media information and your podcast information. Um, if you tune in from YouTube in the, in the notes below, if you're listening to a podcast, we'll put that into a podcast note. So you guys listening in don't need to go back and, you know, try to capture things. Um, just click on a link, go, go look up Jordan and learn from him. Jordan, let's get started. Uh, what should people know about you? Well, uh, people should know about me that uh, I grew up dreaming as a little kid of being a laundromat owner. No, not really. Nobody, <laughs> nobody does that ever. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, so, uh, so I, was a, I was a pastor for 15 years and uh, got to a point where I had two young kids and a wife and was ready to just do something different as a job and was trying to figure out what to do. Um, and at that point in my life, I knew nothing about uh, business. I knew nothing about real estate investing. I knew nothing about anything that had to do anything with money, pretty much. Uh, and so uh, we were trying to figure out what to do after that. And what ended up happening was I was like, okay, so I live in Southern California. We own a house here. And I was like, okay, let's rent out our house here in Southern California, take our two small kids, take the money we have in the bank, go buy a condo in Hawaii. We can live on the beach in Hawaii, you know, until our kids are school age, then we can move back if we want to in a net gain of condo on the beach in Hawaii. And I was like, yes, this is a great idea. Uh, amazing. And my wife said we could do that or we could buy a laundromat. 
And so to this day, I do not own a condo in Hawaii, nor have I ever owned a condo in Hawaii because uh, we ended up buying a laundromat. And, uh, you know, you ask what you should know about me. My story is essentially I, I bought a laundromat and it did not go well. And I learned a lot of very expensive and stressful lessons uh, getting into the business. And that led to me starting Laundromat Resource uh, to help other people so that, you know, when they want to get into the business, they don't have to learn the same expensive, stressful, emotionally taxing lessons that I had to learn the way I had Love to it. learn them. Love it. So. And guys, if you're listening in right now, I, I know Jordan is a, is a very nice guy. I didn't know that he was expensive. I, I didn't know that I should expect him to come in and drop a lot of golden nugget to us. Um, so Jordan, for that, I really appreciate you doing that. Um, and we, we, we all know, right? Mistake is something that you can always learn from. Either it's your mistake or other people's mistakes. Smart people learn from other people's mistakes so they don't make their own mistake. And success story is easy to share, share because you feel a sense of proud when you're sharing it. And uh, for other people who have, haven't done that, will feel like, oh, you're you're uh, successful. However, uh, you have no idea what they have been through to get to that stage. Mm -hmm. So Jordan, thank you for being so open-minded and honest about this. Uh, and uh, I look forward to what you're going to share with us. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So, uh, you know, just to kind of fill in a little of the, of the details there, I, you know, I when, when I was looking to buy my laundromat, I, I really, I couldn't find a ton of info. There wasn't, there really wasn't a lot of information about it out there. Uh, this is almost a decade ago now. And, you know, it, it forced me to sort of rely on the broker that was helping me buy a laundromat. And, you know, one, one lesson, here's one little lesson that I learned. It's probably obvious to everybody else, but it wasn't to me at the time is, you know, I relied on the one person who stood to gain from me buying a laundromat, whether it was good for me or not. Right. And so, uh, it turned out that he did not have my best interests in mind. And, you know, while I was promised like, Hey, you just buy this laundromat, you know, you fix it up a little bit. You're going to have to go there once a week, just collect quarters. That's pretty much all you got to do. And you're going to, you know, at the, at the time, I think, if I remember, it was like, you're, you're going to net 5,000 or 6,000, something like that a month. And I was like, awesome. Well, that sounds really, that sounds awesome. really good. And it ended up that after I took over, I wasn't netting five or 6,000 a month. I was actually losing thousands of dollars every single month. And so it was a real punch in the gut and I couldn't figure out what to do. I couldn't figure out how to, you know, how to turn the business around and, didn't know where to turn. Nobody, you know, nobody was there that I knew who could help me figure it out. And I just remember I, I, I'd see this stat floating around to this day. I don't know exactly where the stat comes from or how accurate it is. Uh, but there's a stat that floats around, uh, out there. That's, you know, 95% of all laundromats succeed and there's only a 5% failure rate. And I'm like, how am I in the five? <laughs> How am I the 5% that can't figure this out? I don't understand, you know, what's going on here. Uh, mm -hmm. So it was like, it was really difficult, man, because I, not only did I, 
think I was coming in to make money. I was losing money. And not only yeah. did I think I wasn't going to be spending a whole lot of time there, I was actually spending a lot of time there because I was trying to figure out how to turn the business around. So it was sort mm -hmm. of the opposite of what the goal was when, uh, when, when we bought that laundromat. Um, yeah. So yeah. from, from like, like, uh, $5,000 a month to negative some dollars a month, 2000, probably. Yeah. 2000, wow. 2, so, and that's 7,000 gap. So tell me what yeah. happened. Uh, so I, I mean, I, I was really just grasping at straws all over the place, trying to figure out what to do. So I would spend like nights there, uh, like overnight when we were closed, like working on the place, trying to like, you know, like fix up things, machine. fixing machines, but also just kind of like doing renovations. Cause I was like losing money. And so one of the mistakes I made, uh, was that I, I was undercapitalized. Um, and so as money was going out, when I was expecting it to come in, instead of investing more money in things like advertising and, you know, stuff that was promotion, stuff that was going to get customers in the door. Actually just, I kind of turtled up and I stopped spending money. Cause I was like, I'm already losing money. I don't want to spend yeah. more money. And I got scared. Right. And mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was doing anyways. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I would spend nights kind of renovating it myself, trying to just make it nicer. Uh, I tried a couple things on advertising, but nothing really strategically, nothing very, like I hired this company to pass out flyers one time mm -hmm. and that was it. Uh, and I didn't know if it worked or not really, cause there was no way to track it. So, yeah, you know, just, I, I just really didn't know what to do. And it took probably close to two years until I was able to sort of claw my way back to break even. Wow. Um, and that was a, that was just a very stressful period of time yeah yeah for sure i i so jordan if if we can take a step back mm -hmm. and break it down um at the point of acquisition mm -hmm. um so tell us a little more about what the deal structure looked like and also how did you find the deal yeah so i had found i found the deal through uh just looking online you know laundromat for sale near me, Googled it, you know, whatever. Uh, I have this philosophy that anything you can do at home on the couch in your underwear, pretty much anybody can do it. So if you're looking for a good investment and somebody can be sitting at home on the couch in their underwear and can find that same investment, it's probably not going to be the best investment out there. You got to, you got to go in and do a little more effort than that couch underwear guy uh, is willing to do or a lot more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But anyways, I was a couch underwear guy. Um, and I found a deal online and I contacted the broker and I went and looked at that deal and he was basically like, eh, this deal, you know, is the, the, the landlord's not being very realistic. You can't really get a lease, but I have this other deal and that's the one I ended up buying. So I met a broker through one deal and we ended up buying another deal with that same broker. Mm -hmm. Um, and the deal structure for this laundromat was I bought it all cash. It was like 70 grand something like that. Um, and then I put almost all new machines in there. Um, and I think that was somewhere around $150,000 of, of machines, relatively small laundromat. And machine prices were a lot lower back then. They're a lot higher now. So uh, 150K of machine. Mm -hmm. 
That is how yeah. many machine? Uh, that was that was probably twenty Roughly. washers and fifteen dryers, something like that. Okay, so fifteen plus twenty. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Or maybe so a little bit so more. Than all, that. Okay, so all yeah. in two hundred and twenty k. Right. So and and for you know one of the great things about laundromats. Um, so on the acquisition side, there's there's financing for them. Um, it's not as good as financing. I should just preface this whole thing is like, I, I invest in real estate. I love real estate. I have residential and commercial. Uh, and, and I would probably actually even say real estate's sort of my first love. Uh, but like you said, we're investors and, you know, depending on your goals, you know, different vehicles can be great. Uh, you know, can, can have different strengths and weaknesses. Right. Yeah. So one of the strengths is that you can use leverage with laundromats. It's not quite as good a leverage on the acquisition side as you can get with real estate. However, once you own the laundromat, you can get like 100% financing, for example, for equipment acquisition or uh, you know equipment purchases. Hmm. Um, so, you know, you can drop you know three, four, five hundred thousand dollars plus on equipment and get 100% financing for it, and let the business pay for that equipment, which is really nice. Um, so that's what I did. I bought all cash and then I hundred percent financed, uh, the, the equipment for, uh, for that laundromat there. And then I probably invested another 20 or 30 in renovations. And then I did a bunch of renovations also. So probably around 250 mm-hmm. all in, wow. um, okay. which is, which is sort of a, a benchmark that I've sort of found is that you know, there's a lot of stuff out there about like a free laundromat or you get these cheap laundromats that are under a hundred thousand or something like that. But really once you kind of get everything all added in bare minimum, you're spending two fifty, and that number's been creeping up higher and higher as inflation's gone up and mm-hmm. interest rates have gone up and you know, mm-hmm. everything's kind of gone up. And also um, you may not be, able to get uh you know as much of financing as you would like right right yeah yeah so, so i mean you just mentioned that you know you'll be able to get 100 percent finance on the machine mm-hmm. but in terms of you know acquisitions on the business and also the renovations those probably need to come off of your pocket or you know you have to figure it out elsewhere right so right now all right we're in like uh into summer early fall 2023 when we're recording this right and right now uh what i see a lot of lenders looking for is around 40 percent down uh for the acquisition wow um, 35 to 40 percent down oh just uh, on the acquisition on the acquisition yeah got it uh for a down payment so so they'll you know they'll they'll loan you 60 percent give or take mm-hmm. Uh, there, like um, apartment complexes, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I got 50, 55% or something like that. Yeah. It's getting, getting crazy right now with the lending. Um, but there are, uh, there are SBA options, however, where you can actually put down a lot less than that, even down to, I think 10%, um, you can, you can put down, but a lot of laundromats don't qualify for SBA lending because they don't have very good books, uh, which is right. Which is a blessing and a curse for laundromats. Yes, yes. yes. So it makes awesome. it difficult. Yeah. So yes. go ahead. 
Go ahead. No, no, I, I, I was going to say that. So we we learned that the you know um, at acquisitions you need to watch out that there are actually a whole lot more capital you should be expecting to put in after you acquire it. This is not something that you close it, you sit back and enjoy the cash flow. Well, you you can buy. There are more turnkey laundromats that okay. you can buy. Uh, you know, and, how can people and, find? Like what's that? I means I guess the question is how can people identify mm-hmm. what to buy? What is what does a good deal look like to you for laundromat? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So when you're looking to when you're looking for a laundromat, you know, I mean, you're looking for a bunch of things. You would look for a good location. You want, you know, you want the right size. You want to make sure the 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 gross income is high enough to where you're going to be able to net enough money to make it worth your while to run a business, right? Mm-hmm. All that. So when you're going to analyze a laundromat, I mean, you're, you're, you really only need four numbers to analyze a laundromat, right? So you need the net income. Net income is the cornerstone of the value of the laundromat. And to mm-hmm. that net income, you're going to apply a multiple, right? And the mm-hmm. way the multiple works, just to kind of put it in real estate speak, it's essentially the inverse of a cap rate. Right. right. So right. a 10 cap is going to be, you know, 10 times multiple, right. Five caps going to be a what? 20 times multiple. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, well, a laundromat, a typical multi- multiple right now is somewhere in the four to five, five and a half, somewhere in there, four to five and a half ish range. Um, but that, what that means is, is that a, a laundromat is going to, give you a cash flow and, or a net income, I guess it will give you a net income of 20 to 25% return on your investment unleveraged okay. before a loan. And it can go up from there. If you apply leverage. Ah, uh, I see. I see. I see. So basically for a machine, well, not the, not the laundry machine for, for a laundromat. If you take it, if you see it as a machine, if they generate like 20 to 25%, of net income from the out of the gross income, then such business would worth four to five and a half time mm-hmm. of of the net income. So basically, you know, whatever that net income is, you time four time five point five, that would be the fair price. Yeah. So in order to determine where, I mean, there's a pretty big difference between you know, if you're netting a hundred thousand between four times a hundred thousand, which is 400,000 or five and a half times, that's 550,000. That's a pretty big range, right? So you want to narrow that down. So the other three numbers you need, so you need the net income, that's the cornerstone. And then to determine where sort of on that spectrum of the multiple, a particular laundromat lies, you need three more numbers, which is the age of the equipment, the rent amount, how much your, how much your rent is all in and the number of years left on the lease. And for a laundromat, you want a lot of years on the lease. So ideally so, you're looking for like 20 years or so okay, on just, the lease. You just answered my question, 20 years. Okay. So if it's like five years, it would be too short. Yeah. Well, yes. So, so think about it like this. All right. So you, let's just say you have a commercial building, right? And I want to put a laundromat in there and you say, okay, I'll give you five year lease. Well, number one, I'm not going to be able to get financing for any equipment to put in there because I only have five years on the lease. 
financing terms are going to be five or seven years, sometimes 10 years, but nobody's going to lend me money for seven years. If I only have five years on the lease. Right. Right. So that's part of it. The other part is as a laundromat owner, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, uh, like infrastructure that goes in there. And so, you know, the plumbing, the electrical, all that stuff. So let's say at the end of the five years, you say, Hey, Jordan, it's been great having you, but, uh, I want to put, you know, a clothing store in here now. So I'm not going to renew your lease. Well, now I have all this equipment. I have all this infrastructure and I have nowhere to move it. So I really, I'm out of business or you could say, Hey, it's been awesome having you here. We want to keep you around, but rent's going to double going forward. And now my net income is being squeezed. Mm-hmm. So not only am I pocketing less in, in my net income every month, but also I've just lost a ton of equity in my right. business. Right. Cause the, the value is based flow. on that net income. Right. Yeah. So, so if you have a short lease, it puts a lot of risk on a laundromat business, not right. only with the financing, but also, you know, you're risking your, your cash flow, you're risking your equity. Uh, that way. So you want longer for a laundromat. Mm -hmm. So uh, what is the longest lease that you have ever seen for a laundromat? Um, So typically how they're structured is uh, with like a 10 year base lease and then having two or three, five year options um, at the end of the, of, of the lease. Um, The longest I've ever seen is 30 years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause from landlord perspective, having the rent stay on the same, for, same level for 30 years, it wouldn't make sense, but I guess it will, there will be some sort of, you know, it's usually an escalator. Yeah. Oh, I see. Cool. Cool. So you also talk about age of equipment. Mm-hmm. Why is that important? Well, I guess I know why is that, but how yeah. do you so, Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously newer equipment's more valuable than older equipment. Right. And you know, when you, when you have equipment that's like five years or less old, it's pretty new, right? It's gonna, it's got a lot of life left. And, you know, one question I get asked all the time is like, how long, how long, how much life does a a washing machine or a dryer have? Right. And it's a good question. It's a, it's a topic of debate here, but what I've seen, like, so I have podcasts, I've interviewed well over a hundred laundromat owners on, on the podcast and, uh, you know, and plus I've talked with a lot of owners in the industry and stuff too. What I see the bet from the best people is that they're replacing their equipment about every 15 years. Um, now washers and dryers can last longer than that. If you kind of keep, keep them going, but at some point around that time, you know, repair costs, you know, start to ramp up, you lose efficiency in the machine. So you're paying more for your water, your electric, your gas, you know, customers are like, oh man, this equipment's kind of old. You know, you get to a point where you play like a roulette sort of where you put quarters in the machine and you're like, is it going to work this time? Is it not going to work? You know? Uh, so, you know, all that stuff sort of adds up and you lose customers and you're paying more right. for utilities and you know, all the stuff and, and repair costs. And eventually it just kind of makes more sense to just get new equipment. Mm-hmm. You've got shiny new equipment. You're going to attract new people. You can raise your prices. You're more efficient. Uh, you know, your repair costs go down to zero basically for a while. So about that 15 year mark is when, you know, equipment, you know, the, the, the best operators are, are replacing equipment. Okay. Um, and yeah. And so basically 15 years, kind of the average, you know, years that the best operator would 
star replacing. Yeah, give right. or take. Okay, cool. Um, and you just touched on the random amount. So now we have the four um, factor, right? Well, Net one thing about the one thing about the rent amount, you know, for mm -hmm. for a lawn owner. So, you know, one question I get asked a lot is, how do I know if the rent is a good rent or not? Right. Yeah. And one one way to gauge it that it's a pretty good way to gauge it is looking at the gross rent amount as a percentage of the gross income. Right. And so, you know, the, the ideal number that we're shooting for is about 25%. You want your rent to be about 25% of the gross income of the laundromat or, or less yes. obviously is even better. Um, but 25%, you know, give or take is, is what we're looking at. And then once you hit like that 33 to 35% of gross income, it starts getting harder and harder to actually make a profit. I see. Um, so really that 25% number or less is what we're shooting for. You know, if you go up a, a few percentage points, that's okay. Uh, but that's, that's kind of what we're looking at. I see. So would you say that a, the, the typical profit margin for a laundromat is around like uh, 50 to 60 or 65%? Um, so no, because I would say, well, it, it depends. It depends. Uh, I mean, there's one of the, one of the surprising things about this business. I mean, it's such a simple business, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different ways to run it. Right. Yeah. And I think what a lot of people think of when they think laundromats is they think, uh, you know, unattended, nobody's working there. It's kind of dark. It's kind of dirty. It's kind of dingy. You don't really want to be there. Right. So that's definitely one way that laundromats are run. Not the best way in my opinion, but, mm -hmm. um, one way, um, a lot of people run unattended laundromats that they keep them very clean and everything working and they're really, right. you know, nice and you're mm -hmm. okay spending time there, uh, too. Uh, just the other one's more prevalent, I would say. Um, but then also you can have a fully attended laundromat where you have an attendant there all the time. Mm -hmm. Obviously the upside to that is that you can, you, you can offer better customer service. You know, you can keep the place safer. You can keep it cleaner, all that stuff. And, you know, the downside obviously to that is that labor is not cheap, especially now it's getting more and more expensive. Right. right. So, uh, you know, but that's one way, but that's going to cut into your profit margins a little bit that way. Mm -hmm. And so one way that people offset that is that they'll add uh, like a laundry service where people can drop off their laundry and right. have an attendant there who accepts it and then processes the laundry and then gives it back. Um, awesome. And that can offset the costs there too. Yeah. And Jordan just touched on it, but um, the next, next thing that I want to touch on is really about value add, right? For, mm -hmm. for all the business or, you know, real estate, you're looking for the value add opportunity. Otherwise there's no way that you can boost up the net income and then make a profit. So you just talk about um, one way to do the value add, right? Um, yep. Can you, you know, uh, expand that a little more? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'll talk about that in a second, but I think the, usually the quickest way to do a value add is make some cosmetic changes, you know, paint the walls, maybe redo the flooring and maybe redo the signage or rebrand and raise prices. One thing that we're not very good at in this business is raising our prices. We just, you know, you, you'll go into a laundromat and you'll see like prices that you're like, how can they possibly be making any money? you know, at these prices. And a lot of times they're just not, and, uh, we're just not very good at that. So 
you know, raising prices a quarter, two quarters or whatever it is mm -hmm. can be a quick win for you in terms of, you know, getting new, uh, more income coming in without really affecting customers too much. If you're raising things a quarter or two quarters, customers generally aren't, you know, they're not going to flee in droves because of that. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's usually the quickest win for you is, is raising prices. Uh, not always feasible, but that'd be the first thing I'd be looking for. Um, the other, you know, like other, other ways you can, you know, add value. Once what, what's kind of interesting about laundromats is they're kind of considered like a side hustle mm -hmm. and you definitely can run them as a side hustle for sure. And if you do, uh, they're kind of the ultimate side hustle because you can have a whole bunch of other side hustles in that side hustle, right? So you can have yeah. things like an ATM machine. You could vending have machine. vending machines. Yeah, you could have all kinds of different things in there too, right? Water purifi purify purification, uh, yeah. you know, things, all, all that stuff, right? So you can add a lot of income that way. And that adds up real quick uh, if, you know, if you have those in there too. Yeah. Um, and then you can add bigger things like a drop-off service or even right now what's booming is pickup and delivery uh, service running out of your laundromat. Um, now, obviously you know, it's, it, it adds more to the business, mm -hmm. right? One, one of the perks of laundromats is that they can be very simple. They mm -hmm. can be run very simply. Once you add pickup and delivery service, now you're in the service business mm -hmm. and level of complexity goes up, level of responsibility goes up. You know, people are giving you their clothes and clothes are like, I never really thought about this until somebody on the podcast said it. And they're like, people are probably giving you like a thousand dollars plus worth of clothes every time you do pick up and delivery and they're entrusting it with you. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Right. You're, they're giving you valuable things and you're responsible for it. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, you, you got to make sure you take care of it, clean it correctly, but also not get it lost, get yes. it delivered when it needs to get delivered, all that stuff. On time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On time, all that. Yeah, exactly. However, cool. it can be very lucrative. Uh, I got, Many of friends who are doing big, big business uh, with pickup and delivery laundry service just out of their laundromat. Wow. Really? Huh. Yeah. Um, I I mean, as you talk, I actually, you know, start writing down a lot of notes. And, you know, there's actually one crazy idea that just jumped off me, but I want to run by you because that can be crazily Ooh. crazy. I like crazy ideas. Bad, but yeah. all that. I was actually just thinking... <laughs> Instead of people who actually go out and buy a laundromat and really carry all these risks, what about a business simply do pickup and delivery? Mm -hmm. I work with multiple laundromat and I work with multiple clients. I combine the buyer and the sell or basically the supply and demand. Mm -hmm. And this way I am risk-free. I get to mm -hmm. make the difference. Yes, I don't make all the money, but <clears throat> I'm very low, low risk. What do you think about that? Yeah, totally. It's definitely a viable way. I've had a few people on the podcast who have done things that way. In fact, one guy, his name's Mark Vlaskamp. He started a company called The Fold. It just got purchased. It just got acquired. He built it into a $3 million business. Wow. Uh, and he built really big business that way. However, he will be the first one to tell you that that is not an easy route to go. And tell me more. Because uh, one of the one of the things that makes it difficult is that number one, you you're paying more of a premium 
because you don't have the, you're, you don't own the laundromat, right? And so the laundromat right. owner that your owners or owner that you're using their laundromat, they're going to make a margin. So that mm -hmm. cuts into your margin. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of costs, um, you know, associated with labor and associated with, you know, your vehicle and transportation, all that stuff. Um, and if you're outsourcing the laundry to the laundromat, let's say they have a, a drop-off laundry service and basically you're the, you're dropping it off to them and they're processing it, which is one way to do it. Uh, you don't control the quality of right. the end product, but you're going to assume the responsibility for the quality of the end product. Cause you're the customer facing part of the business. Yes. You're right. If you right. do, uh, if you do yourself. process the laundry yourself just in their, in their laundromat, that's probably a better way to do it, but there are, you know, there's some, there's some problems with that too. So one of the problems he found is that as he grew laundromat owners started to get a little irritated with him because he had so much business that their normal customers didn't have, you know, they had to wait for machines. And so they ended up going other places. Right. So basically so he ended up would be rely on him. Right. So he ended up acquiring his own the laundromats. Laundry. So he kind of did it backwards, right? He didn't buy a laundromat, then build that business. He built that business, then bought laundromats. Um, but he did it really well and built a pretty big business uh, doing that. But he would be the first to say, I'm not sure I recommend going that route because it's a lot of work. <laughs> Jordan, I, I, I think this is fascinating, right? I mean, th this is why the business world is so interesting, right? Because, I mean, you can come from any different angles and you know eventually you may figure out okay the best practice still the same you know compared with others but all that um but yeah uh like this 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 all thing sounds wonderful um you know and of course this remind people who are listening in including myself that you know laundromat is not something that just like real estate that you go out and buy and the numbers just right it's good right there's a lot of thinking process that you need to go through. So, um, and you uh, you are also a real estate investor, right? So you kind of, you get to see the both side of it. You you, you, can, you get to compare and all that, right? So Jordan, um, what, what are the things that I'm not asking that we should know about in terms of laundromat? So, I mean, after listening, you know, people listening to this podcast, would people, uh, be considered equipped to go out and just buy a, a laundromat? Uh, I'd say yes and no, right? So, I mean, the basics are, listen, you, you need the four numbers, right? You need the net income, the age of the machines, the rent amount, and how long's on the lease. And you can get a pretty good idea of how much the laundromat's worth. So in that sense, yes. Where, where things get a little more complex, for a lot of laundromats, the ones that are still cash, they have coins, right? It's going about verifying the numbers that the owner's given you, right? So if they are telling you, you know, the net income, a lot of times you don't get to, you don't get to verify that until after you have an offer accepted, right? So you got to have mm -hmm. good contingencies in there. Um, you know, contingent on verification of income and expenses, contingent on inspections, you know, stuff like that, similar to real estate. Um, you got to have good contingencies. And then that due diligence process is, it's so important because 
the laundromat industry. So I've done, I've done hundreds and hundreds of consulting calls now over the last few years uh, with people, you know, looking to acquire laundromats and I've seen all kinds of things. Right. And it's, it can, there's a lot of potential gotchas when it comes to, you know, uh, analyzing a laundromat deal. And a lot of it has to do with the nature of it being a cash business. And it's difficult to verify income, specifically Mm -hmm. income, but also it can be easy to hide expenses. I've seen that too. And either one, if you inflate income or you hide expenses, either one's going to make the net income look higher than it actually is. Right. And so so it can be that then what's that? I mean, how do you do that then? I mean, yeah. um, it's cash-based business, majority mm-hmm. of it, right? Of course, you can make it cashless, but you know, say if it's cash, coin, how do you actually verify income? Yeah, so it, like you said, it's it can be it can be tricky. So essentially, the the concept is, and we can go through a couple of these things, but essentially, the concept is, I I always half joke, right? Like laundromat sellers tell you how much money's coming in, and it's usually on the high side, and they tell the government how much money's coming in. It's usually on the low low side and somewhere in the middle is the truth, right? So our right. goal during due diligence is to narrow this gap as much as possible to pinpoint as closely as possible, but you're never really going to get it Precise. exactly right. Uh, you know, it's just almost, almost never, I, I wouldn't say never, but almost never are there very super clean books that are just spot on. Um, and so, but our goal is to get as close as possible, right? So what we end up doing is we start layering different, uh, different techniques on top of each other to look for anomalies basically. Right. So for example, you know, you're going to go in over a series of two, three, four weeks and do coin collections. Right. And what you're looking for is how much money is coming in per day on average. Mm -hmm. And when you extrapolate that out, to a month is that was, yeah. is that in the ballpark of what the seller said or mm-hmm. is there something weird going on mm-hmm. um you're going to also look at utility bills and i actually have a spreadsheet if you go to laundromatresource.com and you go to the i think you have to sign into the free membership there but it's free and we're not spamming you or anything um sign in the free membership and there's a whole bunch of resources you can download there to help with a lot of this stuff including a spreadsheet that helps you take the utility bills and estimate uh, an income basically from the water bill. Um, And the spreadsheet will do all the math for you. You just got to plug in, uh, you know, some of the numbers. Um, So you're looking at that and the utility usage can really tell you a lot. We're really, we rely heavily on utility bills because, you know, it's, yeah, it's hard. It's easy to say, oh, I made, you know, 10,000 last month, 12,000 this month. 15,000 this month, look at the business going up, but then you look at the water bill it's going and down. it's flat, right? And you're like, well, how are you making more money if people aren't using more water? Right. Yeah. Um, so we're looking for these anomalies in here. And anytime there's an anomaly, it's, it's an opportunity for us to dig a little deeper, to probe a little deeper and uh, you know, just, you know, keep, keep exploring until we have a good concept of, Right, right. So, so we're going to layer a whole bunch of these things on top of each other, trying to verify, okay, here's, they're all coming out pretty much at this number right around here. So we can be pretty confident. This is how much is coming in. 
Right, right, right. And uh, like you said, you know, we, we need to look at it with, you know, different angles, right? I mean, like utility bill, water usage, and all that um, would give you an idea on how how uh, good or how precise the numbers that you're getting from the seller is, right? So those are great points. Um, I think with what we have talked about today, it it has a lot of information already for people who are new to the space. Um, and so this really is about Laundromat 101 for you to learn about it, know about it. And this by no means for you to go out and say, hey, I'm ready. I know everything. I will buy a Laundromat because I personally wouldn't do that. Um, I, but this is a beginning of a great journey of um, education, right? So guys, if you have not learned about Laundromat and this, listening to this podcast make you feel like you learn a lot, then please tune in to Jordan's podcast. Uh, Jordan, again, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, so Laundromat Resource Podcast. It's on all the podcast players on YouTube. Uh, if you want to stare at my beautiful face while you listen to these uh, things. Uh, you know, laundromatresource.com is, uh, is the website where you can go find. We have a, a free, it's a three-lesson course on how to buy uh, how to buy a laundromat and it, it'll give you the a little bit more in depth of a lot of the stuff that we talked about today. That'll make you feel pretty confident. That'll get you pretty, uh, pretty far into the process. Um, and then once you, once you're ready to pull the trigger on something, we have a much more comprehensive course that comes with a lot of tools and resources to help you, uh, really, you know, really figure that out. Uh, and, and make sure you have a great understanding of what a laundromat is doing before you actually close on it. Because that, you know, that's what, what I went through when I realized what I had after I closed on it, it's like worst case scenario. And it's like, my goal with laundromat resource is like not on my watch. That will not happen to anybody as far as I can help it. We want you to have a really good understanding of what you're walking into before you walk into it. Or you close on that deal, you take over the keys. Uh, so that can help you there. Jordan, I want to thank you again to come to my podcast or our podcast to talk about laundromat. This has been a fascinating educational conversation. I really appreciate your time. Please uh, feel free to come back anytime in the future. Benjamin, it was a lot of fun and a huge honor. I really appreciate you having me on.